0: Hey everybody, Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Atkinson podcast. Today, we're going to dig into an investigation into federal officials profiting off companies they regulate. Today, a big treat—we're going to hear from one of the finest investigative reporters around, Pulitzer Prize winner James Grimaldi. I think James and I met around the year 2000 when we were both breaking stories on the deadly Ford rollovers with Firestone tires and the big recall that followed our reporting. You know, I think today that the news organizations where we worked, the Washington Post for him and CBS News for me, I think today they would not cover the story, at least not the same way that we were allowed to do, factually, fairly, aggressively. Today, special interests and spin rule the day and control the news too often. But some great journalism still does get done. I think we do a good bit of that on my TV program, Full Measure, my independent program. And James Grimaldi does a lot of that as a senior reporter now at the Wall Street Journal. Well, he and colleagues Rebecca Ballhouse and Brody Mullins have done some important work investigating federal officials profiting off investments in the very companies they regulate. They also found some federal officials, quote, worked on significant matters affecting those companies. Here's James Grimaldi. What was the genesis of this newest investigation that you did? Well,
1: as you know, we did did this uh, project last year looking at federal judges and their conflicts of interest with cases they were hearing. And the executive editor, Matt Murray, said, what about the executive branch? What have we done on federal workers? We've done Congress, and that led to the Stock Act, which stands for Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge. We did the judges, and that led to uh, a new law for transparency for judges reporting. And he said, let's go look at all the filings for (laughs) the federal officials, which became a gargantuan task.
0: Um, In just a couple of sentences, how would you synopsize the bottom line?
1: Well, we were surprised by the bottom line, which found one in five federal officials who we looked at were investing in companies that they regulate.
0: Can you give a couple of the worst case well before we go into the yeah. examples what is the technique that you used to get the data to try to figure out what investments were being made or what conflicts there
1: might be Well the federal government does not keep a database of financial disclosures by federal officials so we built one we created it from scratch so we made requests for more than 50 federal agencies for the financial disclosures of everyone who had to file a financial disclosure. We scanned them, we put them into a database. Uh, I didn't. We had really good data people doing it. And then they built this beautiful machine where we could actually query the data. We could search it. It was like an interface with it so we could find who invested the most, uh, you know, who had the best returns on their investment, just all sorts of ways we could cut the, and, and analyze the data.
0: What federal employees are required to disclose things and
1: why? So appointed officials, those nominated and confirmed by the Senate, and then senior executive service officials, which generally is at the uh, what they call the GS scale of GS, I think, uh, 12 or above. So we had 12,000 federal officials we looked at, uh, and we gathered data on nearly a million f- transactions that they engaged in.
0: What are they supposed to disclose?
1: Well, they're supposed to disclose all of their assets, what they're investing in, what companies or mutual funds or ETFs that they were investing in, and um, also any other employment they're generally not supposed to have other employment as well as their spouse's uh, employment and investments and their dependent children and their investments.
0: And the disclosures are intended to do what?
1: Well, presumably for uh, the ethics officials at each agency to look and see if there's a conflict of interest but the public can request these forms so that they could also look and see if there's a conflict of interest, particularly, say, when you have a grievance with an agency. You want to know why is this person, you know, does this person have a vested interest in maybe a rival or some sort of conflict of interest?
0: I assume the rules might be different depending on the agency, but are these officials prohibited from having interests? in companies and matters that they may have to regulate or be involved in?
1: No. Uh, They're allowed to invest in the companies up to fifteen thousand dollars on an actual stock and if it's a mutual fund, say an energy mutual fund, and you worked at the Department of Energy or the EPA, you can have up to fifty thousand dollars. So they're allowed to invest. Now, specific agencies, as you point out, may have more rigorous requirements. For example, The Food and Drug Administration requires that you avoid, you you must not invest in companies that they determine are significantly regulated organizations by the FDA. And the FDA is great. They actually have a list uh, that they publish that anyone can look at uh, monthly uh, about what comes and goes. Because, you know, you could be Johnson & Johnson and have, uh, you know, uh, uh, things that are not regulated or General Electric makes a lot of other things but also makes medical devices so you have to they have a very complicated formula but they make it easy for the employees to be able to look and we still found an official a top official at the FDA who had multiple investments seventy companies hundred and seventy transactions just for the years we were following his disclosures who was that? That that was Malcolm Bertoni he was uh the director of the office of planning at the at the fda uh and and like a lot of other officials he he ought, would say well it was an investment of my wife and or my third party investor but that's not the rule the rule says you have to know what you're what you're investing in and you're supposed to avoid it he also said that the fda ethics officer made a mistake by letting him continue those investments maybe for the duration of his time at the FDA for 18 years. When it was finally found, he decided it was time for him to retire, and um, he didn't want to unravel all of these investments, which were already deeply into agencies regulated uh, or companies regulated by the FDA. That
0: was after you all brought it to attention?
1: No, I I think he had done that shortly before we actually found it. Gotcha. And, and um, it may have been the way that we actually were able to look at it through some of the records you could see when people were leaving. But I mean, we, we looked at every record we could and analyzed it every which way. Um, but there were searches that we would do that would would find. And some of this actually appeared in some of our Freedom of Information Act requests that we got subsequent to our first uh, look through the data.
0: If somebody has been found to have broken their agency's rules in the past, what happens to them now?
1: Generally nothing. I mean, we look through these reports that go to the Office of Government Ethics, and we couldn't find any cases in which there was someone who was directly uh, prosecuted uh, for having violated this rule, I think the, the they only use this law for when they find someone who is in some blatant kind of a case, say uh, giving a contract to a very closely held company that they were able and generally if you 're doing something that blatant you you probably don't put it on the form; it just sort of lines and don 't even acknowledge that. So uh, there were referrals that we found, but very re- we, we couldn't find a case where the Justice Department would take a simple conflict as a, as a prosecutable matter.
0: You found so much. Is there any other example that really stands out in your mind or that you think people would really relate to?
1: Well, w- yes, we found one official. She was a economist at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, And she had reported that uh, her family had 9,500 transactions in one year. When we asked about
0: companies that she dealt with, uh, her agency?
1: they, They weren't companies that she dealt with, but investors, sophisticated investors we talked to said, it's not possible to do your day job and be able to have 37 trades a day. Her husband was doing the trades, and he worked for the FDIC, which regulates banks, But the one rule she violated uh, at the CFTC was a a ban on short trading, which is a risky kind of trade. Uh, When we asked about the – that's a third of what she had reported, 3,000, and that covers her and her husband or anyone in her report. When we asked about it, they said, well – we determined that that rule was unenforceable because we didn 't have uh, statutory authority to have passed the rule. and I said, "But the rule's been in place for ten years. If you didn't have statutory authority, why didn 't you repeal the rule And then we went to legal experts outside at Columbia University law School who said that 's a perfectly <laughs> perfectly justified rule. Why would they do that?" And they said, "Well, we were afraid of being sued." It's amazing a rule passed by an agency still on the books, and they just let someone violate the rule. Hmm.
0: Any other ones?
1: Um, yes, there was <laughs> there were <was> several. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so many you could keep going on. There was one official uh, in, in the uh, uh, in the Environmental Protection Agency, which was engaged uh, working in an area that was engaged in uh, loosening air pollution rules and the Trump administration uh, was deeply invested in energy companies. And when we asked about that, like, well, what's going on here? And he said, well, that's really my husband uh, and my husband's uh, investment advisor. And we asked about certain companies, Chenere, which is one of the top uh, natural gas companies, uh, he said he'd never even heard of the company, which Strikes me as interesting for someone who worked for the EPA involved in uh, a very top position deputy to the administrator of the EPA at the very same time that they were engaged in loosening rules involving natural gas.
0: Much more after a short break. Eyeshadow has come a long way since you swiped on one color at a time, or practically had to take a master class in cosmetics to get the shading right. Hi, I'm Star, owner of the Lemonade Mermaid, and I've designed an exclusive shade-shifting multi-chrome pigment for eyes that's like no other you'll ever see. Just swipe it on your eyelids and the magic happens. Depending on the angle and light, it shifts between hues of gold and pink, or green and pink, and even purple and gold. The shading is done for you. Just $25 for a jar that will last you months. My website is store.lemonademermaid.life. And listeners of this podcast can get 20% off these incredible pigments by using the checkout code podcast. I hope to see you at store.lemonademermaid.life today. What does the things that you found, what, do, what does that say in the big picture, do you think?
1: Well, I think that transparency as I always seem to say on this show, transparency is the is and sunlight is the best disinfectant. I think that these records should be much more easier to get than we the, what we had to do to get them, which was to go to every agency. I didn't even tell you one of the things that we had with the agencies. We said, "Could you please give us all of these reports? These 278s—they're called the financial disclosures." They said, "Sure. You just give us the names of the people you want." And we said, "Well, we don't." have the names can you tell us the names of the people who file these reports no I'm sorry we can't do that so then we had to file Freedom of Information Act request to get the names of the people who filed the reports, so we could then get the reports they need to make these reports uh, easier and more disclosable kinda of like they've done with the judges where they're gonna put those online beginning in November
0: I guess that was my next question Why bother with the disclosures if the agencies themselves aren't necessarily monitoring them very carefully or don't object to these apparent conflicts? And if they're very hard for the public to obtain, what's the point of making them file those disclosures?
1: Well, I think that there are proposals in Congress to toughen the rules that would tighten them so that um, federal officials and judges and members of Congress uh, can only own funds widely held funds rather than individual stocks it's controversial and I'm not proponent of or opponent of it it is it, whatever Congress thinks the right remedy would be but there are remedies you could impose you could lower the limit I suppose for you know saying like the judges can't hold one share of stock and then hear a case in that company federal officials can be involved in regulating a company um, as as long as it's under that $15,000. But there is another provision that they can't be deliberately trying to affect their own stock holding. So if they uh, do an action that is meant to benefit the company in order to improve their stock holding, that is against the law, but that's very hard to prove.
0: Well, it's, it's getting into the mind of the person committing the act, which is, like you said, almost impossible to prove. Right. We now know that Congress has frequently, even after the Stock Act, been caught doing things that are at least dubious in terms of their investments. We know the judges, based on your prior investigation, have conflicts. And now we know federal agencies, a lot of the top managers, have these apparent conflicts. What are we to make? You know, I think people are feeling very jaded when they look at their federal servants and agents and maybe those in the courts, too as to whether they really do have to follow the same types of rules you would expect people to follow in private industry.
1: Well, I do think that public confidence in many of our governmental entities and agencies are really at sort of a historic low, and it it really behooves, I think, the federal officials and others to try to be, you know, purer than Caesar's wife, as they say, uh, above the fray. And I will add that we did see lots and lots of federal officials who, when they came into government, divested of their individual holdings and went into mutual funds and ETFs. So there are a lot of good people in government who are trying to do the right thing, but like in any any barrel of apples, you're going to find some that aren't. And this one in five owning owning stock in a company uh, in which they're overseeing or, or regulating is concerning. Or, Or we also found cases of dozens of cases where officials were, in uh, making a trade on a particular company within a short period before an enforcement action is announced. I mean, I think these, the, at the very least, we have an appearance of a problem.
0: What's next, James?
1: Well, we're going to keep going.
0: <laughs> As a result of the Wall Street Journal's reporting on this topic, I will read to you a postscript Quote, a number of federal agencies now are examining actions taken by government officials that could have affected their investments. The agencies include the FDIC, which, following a Wall Street Journal inquiry about officials' Microsoft investments, said it had referred the matter to the FDIC's Inspector General for review. I highly recommend you look for James Grimaldi's reporting, and you can follow him on Twitter at the handle at James V, as in Victor. Grimaldi, G-R-I-M-A-L-D-I, James V. Grimaldi. In this age of a highly controlled media landscape, it's never been more important to fight the heavy hand of censorship and support truly independent journalism. Go to CherylAckeson.com and click the Store tab for a great way to do that. There are all kinds of cool products. A lot of them make great gifts that feature catchphrases like... I tested positive for critical thinking and do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. Proceeds support independent journalism causes like the Cheryl Ackeson Ion Awards for off narrative accurate reporting. Go to SherylAckeson.com and click the store tab. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that if so, you'll leave a great review, subscribe to it, and share it with your friends. Check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours. And now you can support independent journalism by visiting CherylAckison.com and clicking the store tab. There are some thought-provoking and fun products designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers like you with proceeds benefiting independent reporting causes. Do your own research, make up your own mind, Think for yourself.